Good evening, Patriots. It's the end of Sunday, September 3rd in the year 2023. Man, I don't know. It's been an interesting weekend. Lots of stuff going on, stuff that makes me laugh, stuff that makes me know that God is on the move and that we're having a great time watching the enemy get pummeled. You got to know all that. It's there. We're really into an interesting phase, but it's going to be a really important period in our life to be eyes on him because the deception and the crazy is only going to get worse. All right, Patriots, before we get going, you know what you need. You need a couple of things, actually. You need One thing you definitely need is a MyPillow 2.0 if you don't have it. It's awesome. It's the best place ever to get one. And they've got towels back in stock, too, which their towels are awesome. So you can imagine yourself, like, tired at the end of the day, put your head on the MyPillow 2.0, alarm goes off, you spring from bed, you race into the shower, you take a great shower and then you grab this big old comfy towel by my pillow. It's my my towels, the my pillow towels. So those those are the things you have to like. I need that, and that's and the only place you can get that is mypillow 2.0 or mypillow.com forward slash bards. That's where you get it. Mypillow.com forward slash bards, and then there you can find the my pillow 2.0 and the great towels, this, this six piece towel sets and the whole thing that are on there on sale because you're going to use that promo code. 
which rocks anyway. It's like the best promo code on the entire web, B-A-R-D-S. And you're going to get all these great savings. And in the meantime, you're going to get great products with a great company that believes in the CEO that walks with Jesus, that fights for liberty. All those are good things. It's like a win, 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 win. And then you're going to get that pillow and you're going to be like, how in the world could I have ever lived without it? So mypillow.com forward slash bards forward promo code bards, B-A-R-D-S. And away you go. So there you go. That's the first kickoff to make your whole night worthwhile. Bards Fest is really shaping up. It's going to be awesome. We've got some great speakers. Friday is going to be Powerhouse Day. We've got, we're going to have, Thursday is going to have Dr. Frank and Brad, Pastor Brad Cummings, among others, but I'm just giving you some of the highlights. And it's really starting to shape up beautifully. So I hope you're getting your tickets. Remember, they're donation-based. We recommend, recommend a donation for the three days is $100. We are literally going from morning to night, intense, like burning up the turf. Thursday is potluck evening for dinner. So if you're there, bring a, bring a dish. If, you don't, if you're not local, then I'm sure we can find a store. You can buy something healthy and great. And if you're, if you're like me, you're going to be buying meat, like lots of it, because that's what we do if we're eating carnivore. It's just eating meat, which is so good. You can have bacon. You can have, you can have butter, and you can have bacon butter together. That's another one. You know, and you can have bacon butter beef. That's a good one. That's a, that's a great one, bacon butter beef. So there you go. So you're going to have to get that going. And then um, Thursday or Friday, we're having, like, like I call that like Special Operations Friday because we've got uh, Colonel Pete Chambers, Special Forces, retired. We have Cam Hamilton, Navy SEAL, retired. We have Joe Vega, uh, Special Forces Delta, retired. I mean, this is good. This is like really good stuff. And we're also going to have classes being taught by Corey Terry, Special Forces Retired. He's a team sergeant from Special Forces. He's going to be teaching medical classes. He's an 18 Delta. And I think we're going to have some other guys there too. It's, it's like, it's like rocking. It's going to be great. And then Friday, we're having our other things going on. I haven't seen the whole schedule yet. I'm just kind of giving you a rundown. So this is going to be good. We want to make sure and get over there. We're, we're updating the website. You can go there now and see the speakers, see who's coming in. We've got some great topics going to be covered. And with all of that, um, we're also going to be doing some baptisms. We're going to baptize. People have been asking for baptisms. Baptisms. Yes, we're going to be doing that just like we did at Yuba City. And we're going to be doing some deliverance work, and we've got a team coming in from Glad Tidings Church that's going to join us. I mean, it, it's awesome. I'm super happy with how this is coming together. And great community, right? And then I, I guess, I, and I think what we're talking about now is on Wednesday night, before it starts, we're going to do a celebration with, I think this is how it's going. I'll give you a firm on this by middle of this week. But I think Wednesday night, the night before it all starts, is when they're going to do a, a uh, wedding ceremony with Duncan and Raina. So you can plan on that accordingly. So all good stuff. You want to be there. And um, it's going to be like exactly what the title says, preparing the saints for the work of the ministry. It's going to be on fire. Guarantee it. I might, I might talk in there once in a while, too. You might get to hear from me, maybe, right? That'd be good stuff. 
All right. So I don't, I'm going to start with, I, I had the most awesome day. And I'm, I'm going to talk about that because that's what we do on, on Sunday night because it's always great. But I'll get to that in a second. But I have to give you my most enjoyable moment for the weekend, which has had me enjoying my moment immensely. And that is that <laughs> the pedophile event of the year for the satanic burning of their effigy, Burning Man, got totally rained out. I mean, like God just dumped on it. It was not even a little bit of a dump. It's like God unleashed on it. And that is was worth everything right there. So that right there, I, I redid the title of the article too. Let me see if I can find it. Because So basically, um, the article that was titled, it's like Burning Man, it was... The title read, Burning Man, Total Disaster. 73,000 attendees hunker down as Desert Party Transforms into Muddy Hellhole. The Hellhole part is probably true. But here, here's, I, so I just want you to enjoy my creative rewrite of that headline. Uh, what, I, what I wrote to, to a friend, I said, this headline needs to be rewritten. It should read, Elite Satanic Pedophile Festival and the Raping and Grooming of Children Has Been Flooded Out by God. The LGBTQAI plus rainbows are washed away and God ends day with a double rainbow from heaven game set match, which is true. I don't know if you heard that, but um, at the end of the day, there was a double rainbow in the sky. And they're like, oh, isn't that nice? And I'm like, you didn't even read that sign, right? God just washed away your trashy stuff, flooded it out, turned it into a mud pit and then said, look, I, pre I reclaim this land under heaven, which is awesome. So it's like, oops. So I, I enjoyed this. I won't I won't even kid you. And if you're a Burning Man fan and I offended you, well, good. I'm glad. That makes me feel even better because that'll help you be angry. And if you're angry, then what will happen is that you'll start to question and your programming will break down. But that's okay. I don't, you know, I'm going to share something with you because this is true. It's a true story. This is, goes back to before Yuba City. And I find this, there's another reason this, I found this very intriguing. I was praying on Bards Fest, as you probably know. Yuba City was an interesting Bards Fest this year. I mean, it turned out incredibly great. But leading up to Yuba City, oh my gosh, the warfare was incredible. And I was literally at a certain point like, Father, are we really doing this or what? Because nothing was coming together easily. And we finally made a turn. We This was just shortly before the turn we made and everything started to come together. But we were like pushing... It, it was like pushing boulders uphill initially, not because of anybody. It just was the warfare around that thing. And I was having these moments like, are we doing this or are we not doing this? You know. And we had a budget and the budget, initial budget was like way high. And we weren't, there was no ticket sales even close to that. And I was like, this is not right. Something's not here. So anyway, as I'm praying into this and God's like, yes. You need to push forward and you need to focus. And I'm like, cool. And all that started to become clear what we needed to do, which turned out exactly what we needed to do because it turned out to be an incredibly great festival event. But in the process, God says, shortly in and around that transition, God's like, whatever Bards Fest becomes, it's like he says, basically, 
in time that will become heaven's huge assembly that will put burning man to shame. And, and I'm like, I can dig that. That's cool. Well, so when I read, I read that burning man got like flushed down the toilet, proverbial toilet. I was like, maybe God had something going there sooner than I thought. Like, see ya. Yeah. I mean, that, that's like so cool. I I'm serious. I knew there's a couple of folks um, that went down there from, actually a couple of folks from Glad Tidings Church that went down there and they talk about it and it's, I mean, it's as bad as you think. I mean, they don't show you the whole deal and I haven't been to Burning Man. I have no desire to ever go there, but they were talking about like, you know, not just the nudity, which, okay, whatever, but it's just like, it's all a big sex party. And then they even had tents where, you could have sex with kids. This is a true testimony. And I was like, all right. I mean, that needs to be washed out. So like literally, Father, thank you for washing Burning Man out. I think that all happened after our prayer yesterday too. So, and someone said, are you serious? Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I, I'm relaying a testimony that was given to somebody who is a very strong walk, walk in Jesus who was there. So I consider that to be truthful testimony. There's my answer. I didn't see it firsthand. But I, uh, and I, so I'm just being clear. It didn't come firsthand, but I, this person that spoke this has, like, they uh, they do not lie. Let's put it that way. Matter of fact, they work with Pastor Dave Bryan. So I'm like, you don't lie, and I take what you say is absolutely true. And someone just said they heard that, uh, they heard did sacrifices there too. I don't know, maybe. I mean, I, let me just put it this way. You've got all these different communities. There's, there's like 75,000 people there. So it's a small city they stand up, and there's all these little private, quen, uh, I'll call them quens, that's a French term, these little private corners around there. You're not going to get to see everything that's going on inside. And then I got a testimony today from somebody that was a special forces guy that was there on guard duty, and they were talking about just like how they were just having these they, the person like they were with, they went into these tents and there was just like open orgies. I mean, it, trust me, this whole thing is driven by sex. This is like, you know, this is the, what are they called? Bohemia Grove for the not, not super elite is what it is. So who knows what goes on there? I can just tell you that the fact that it kind of got washed out, hmm, I think God was on the move. That's what I think. Pretty cool. Yep. Hey, um, before I go further, this is a good time to get stocked up on good garden tools, by the way. And it's a really, there is a great company that you hear me promote a lot. And it's important that we, that you check them out because this tool is invaluable, especially as we head into the season now where we're starting to prep our breads for winter or get your stuff to, to go to fallow over the weekend, over the winter so you can get your beds ready for spring, whatever you're doing. But it's this is a broad fork. And if you don't know what a broad fork is, you need one. Trust me. Um, it changed everything. I've, I've been wanting a broad fork for years. And a couple years ago, I bought them, bought this tool, and I got to meet, the, got to talk to the owners of this company, which is Treadlight, T-R-E-A-D-L-I-T-E, Treadlight Broad Forks, B-R-O-A-D-F-O-R-K-S. So treadlightbroadforks.com. This is a family-owned business, um, great product, super product. 
one thing that you buy once, you don't have to rebuy, but you're going to want to buy more just because you're going to want to get the whole family involved. I'm, not, I'm really not kidding about that. They are, they are a deep tine, deep tining, no-till tool for your beds. And once you start to use them, you're never going to go back. It's like there's nothing like them. And it's super well-built and engineered. So head on over to treadlightbroadforks.com, treadlightbroadforks.com. That link is always below the podcast. It's always there. Uh, I would order, if I were you, I'd order the steel handles, not the wood. It's my preference, but I like the steel because the steel like literally lasts forever. And um, it's, I guess it's family business, great stuff. You'll like the product, super high quality, can't, can't get better. And there's, you're going to get free shipping anyway when you go over there. Use your promo code BARDS, by the way. Promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. So treadlightbroadforks.com. You want one of these. I'm serious. If you don't have one, you want one. If you have one, you're going to want another. But it's a once-in-a-lifetime purchase, and it's all worth all, all of that. So there you go. Treadlightbroadforks.com. Check it out. All right. So today was my mother's birthday today. And I just, it, it's just the best. It's just, you, this is when you really come to appreciate your mom. And I have a great mom, and I'm really blessed that she's still around and in great health. And so today I got a chance to, my dad and my mom came up to the property today, and I cooked breakfast. And I'm doing carnivore, but, (laughs) you know, when you do do breakfast for mom, who's 92 pounds, and and you know what you're cooking, you're cooking for dad, and know that mom's going to love it. That's the, the sort of thing, right? So um, we just had a fantastic time, and I so I cooked, I made uh, homemade waffles, which from scratch, by the way, not some mixed biscuit thing. If you're going to do waffles, like do them from scratch, that means like six eggs separated, and then you add, you're going to add whipping cream into that and a little bit of milk, and then you're going to add your, your flour, you're just going to add whatever that, whatever it comes out for, for consistency, you have to add some vanilla, you have to use honey for your sweetener. Okay, a little bit of, you don't need a lot, but you need a little bit of baking powder or you can use, I use baking powder. You can use baking soda with some vinegar activator if that's what you want. I've done it both ways. Both ways work. You need a little bit of salt, mix all that up, and then you've got to take your egg whites and whip them stiff, just not quite, not dry, but stiff, and then you got to blend that into your mix. And then you need to have your waffle iron hot. And when you need to add grease... Add bacon grease, which is what I did, because I had bacon and eggs, and I took the grease and put it into the waffle. So that's all good, man. And that's, even though I'm eating carnivore, you know, yeah, and someone said real vanilla. Absolutely, don't ever use fake vanilla. I mean, you can taste that. That cuts right through anything you bake. It ruins it. Oh, don't. So, and you then take all that, and... Um, and by the way, I just saw someone wrote they found a aluminum-free baking powder. Yes, there is one. I'll tell you an older style of doing this. You can get rid of baking powder if you use baking soda and use apple cider vinegar as your activator. You have to use it like you put the baking soda in with your dry ingredients, and then when you're mixing the last of your wet ingredients and you're mixing that in, add it's it's a full tablespoon is usually enough, not too much, but about a tablespoon of your baking of your vinegar, apple cider vinegar, and that activates with the soda, and it replaces baking powder altogether. So you can do that, and then when you're doing waffles 
like and, or cakes, if you use the egg whites as a backup, as an addition to that, you fold the egg whites in and then it gives the air to elevate it. So you end up with an amazingly delicate, beautiful, deep waffle. Is what you Because I've got like a deep Belgian waffle maker. And then so I had those. Dad loved them, of course. Mom did too. It was her birthday. But <laughs> if you're making breakfast for mom, you got to make breakfast for dad too, right? So it's bacon and eggs and waffles. And I had my bowl of ground meat with bacon and eggs. So it was awesome. We had a great day. And you have to have some butter in there too. Make sure, make sure you got plenty of butter to go. All right. So all of this as we go through the food recipe and all this other stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Someone said maple syrup. Without a doubt, there was fresh maple syrup on the table. And you also have to have some local honey. My bees aren't producing honey yet, but I did pick up some blackberry honey from a local producer. It is so good. Oh, my goodness. We had that too. Someone has said stockpile butter. Already have. It's stuffed in the freezer, mounded up. Going to get more. Got to get some butter because prices are going up. All right. So I, I'm tying all this in because we had a great day. And a lot of the day wasn't doing, though we did have a very productive weekend because we canned. And again, this is, goes back to kind of old way of doing things. So out of our garden in town, um, we've got our. We did our second harvest of tomatoes. We've now taken a hundred pounds of tomatoes out of that garden. And if you're, I if you go to Telegram, you want to see my garden. I did a video on it, and it's pinned in Telegram. You can see it. It's in, it's the Vimeo link, and it's somewhere in the history of our of our pins up there. But you'll find it. So anyway, um, it's a sixth of an acre that we have in town, and we and we have. All of our fruits and vegetables come out of that. And we've been canning like crazy, doing pressure canning right now. So yesterday we canned 48, 44 jars of tomatoes. And then I made some spaghetti sauce last night, which I cooked all night long, meat sauce. And then I just finished pressure canning that a little while ago. So that's done. And then we had, of course, a great morning of just having a chat and working and just enjoying each other. And that's the core of all of this is all this setup is to get to this. We don't spend enough time talking to one another. And in this age of social media, it's, we do a good, I think we've, people that have interest do a good job of communicating because we have a lot of communication tools. We have, you know, you can text somebody, you can email somebody, you can Instagram somebody, you can telegram somebody, all these different tools we have. You can I guess you can even call somebody. Isn't that amazing? And you can video chat with somebody. All these different ways of communicating. But nothing takes away from just sitting and relaxing and having conversations. And it's an art. And unfortunately, what has happened in our modern world is that many of the younger people don't know how to communicate. Because everything has been through a digital appliance they don't understand the posturing, the body language. They're awkward with it. And it's really just so refreshing to sit and have these conversations. So as we, and I, I, I talk on my phone, whatever, but it not, does not replace having a face-to-face -face conversation. And that's at the center of Bards Fest in Yuba City, and it will be at the center of Bards Fest in Flemingsburg, Kentucky. And the most important part of our, as I think, if you have great speakers that are going to be there, but the most important part of the event is the breaking bread. 
and to sit and have conversations with people that you may never have talked to before. And literally at the center of all of that is the Holy Spirit just working through us. And it, it's just reinforced, and that's today where my mom's 86. She looks like she's about 68. And that's because she eats super healthy, and she walks three, four miles every day with my dad. And she goes to the gym, literally, and outperforms most people half her age at the gym. She goes three days a week. So she's like super energized. She's like an energizer bunny. And, and super healthy. So we, I'm blessed to have them. And in the conversations, though, which is important, is conversations in their era are normal. And that's what's important, is that they know how to have a communication. And so much of our modern generation has lost it. And it's really something I think that we need to work on force functioning. And when I say that... With some of the youth, there's a tendency to want to look at appliances and digital appliances and talk even and be distracted. And we have to ourselves be disciplined not to get distracted. I really work hard at the, working harder at this all the time. Like I take my phone and I stick it somewhere else unless there's something pressing, which, I, you know, especially right now with all the Barts Fest stuff. Um, but I, I move my phone out of the way. Who needs the phone? Don't use the phone. Like, I'm just really serious because this is about this is about etiquette, not about security, but I can't stand, and I do it. I have, let me put it this way. I have done it. When you're looking and your phone becomes your clock. Well, the thing is that that's what we have watches for. But the problem is we've used the phone for everything now. And so it becomes our camera. It becomes our dictation device. It becomes our communication device. It becomes our maps. It becomes our phone. It becomes our clock. And the thing is, the person across from you doesn't have any idea what you're doing when you look at it. It could be a text message you're looking at, but the minute we do, we lose eye contact with, and we lose eye contact with them, we immediately lose the conversation. And when we're in a conversation and we're flowing with the conversation, that is part. In my in my personal opinion, that's part of like the Holy Spirit just working with us. So, to kind of add to that. We are, we not only are we not, we are not living in a world now where communication face to face is normal. But the other part of this is the spontaneous drop by by your friends. We don't see as much of that as we used to. Some people don't see it at all. So tonight I had the pleasure, uh, Jaron, who is, or he's uh, from, I met him at Bards Fest actually for the first time. He and I have talked before. He's up just north of me, and it's Jared. I said Jared. It's Jared, Jared, J-E-R-E-D. He has a large chunk of property up north of me, about an hour and a half away. And he had been down, he and his wife go down to Yuba City to Glad Tidings Church, and on he said, hey, we're on our way back. Would you like to join us for dinner? And I said, well, how about if you come out to the property and I'll cook dinner? And this is what I'm talking about, is we need to be opening our doors to our neighbors and bringing people in. I mean, it's literally part of what Jesus is telling us. You know, open the door, invite him in, have a seat at the table, and let's dine together. And we need to be doing that with our, with our friends and family. And, I, and the spontaneousness of it, I think, is really important. Because what we're, we're starting to understand, 
I think more about the core of where we're walking with Christ, but nothing is given, nothing is guaranteed. I think of anything we should be learning right now in this era is that our time here is, is a time of extreme value. And the value is not in how much money you earn. The value is not how many sales you make. The value is not in how much, how many hours you spend at work pushing a peanut across the floor so you can get a promotion to the next level. The value is what are we doing at the end of our lives that we can take to the throne and say, Father, I did everything I could. And all we were looking for is, well done, my son or daughter. That begins with how we look at our lives in valuing conversations, in my opinion. I've spent a lot of time in my life in Afghanistan. I've told you this. A lot of the work that I did was literally engagement work, a lot of work, spending a lot of time talking to people, often through an interpreter, and usually over lunch or over tea. And you come to respect the times and values in which cultures place on those things. Afghanistan is a broken country. It, it has a lot of imperfections, it, all of those things. But it has some ancient values and traditions that I really honor and respect. And one of those is when a guest comes, tea is served and time is taken to listen. And why does that happen that way in Afghanistan and not here? Still much of Afghanistan is rural and disconnected. And what Afghans value is the traveler. They value that person that comes in, that is either coming back to the village or is passing through the village. Because the, what you're doing is you're sharing stories. They want to hear your stories. Where have you been? What have you seen? And people become the witness to the world. In this day and age with social media and all this other nonsense that we do, we think that we understand the world. So when we get somebody coming in, we don't necessarily value the stories they have. In fact, we want to talk about other things typically. And that's an unfortunate event. I remarked to my mom in her culture and how much she enjoys the details of things. She asks many details. And in a world where we take a lot for granted, it's always refreshing. And it has nothing to do with probing. It has to do with just legitimate love and curiosity. Details about my week, about what's coming up and what I'll be doing. And details about my trip going out to Bard's Fest. And details about what's just going on and what's happening today. These were, this is very normal for her generation. And it's very abnormal unfortunately, for the world that we're in right now. In fact, I would argue that when people start asking those questions, thanks to a tremendous impact of social media and snooping, we tend to get our back up and ask questions of like, why do you want to know? What importance is it to you? And we forget the value of the traveler. The traveler is literally telling us the story of the world. Old cultures value the traveler. Old cultures value that relationship with the neighbor. And what goes on in these communities when neighbors are coming together? We're, we're painting pictures and we're starting to understand relationships because it's the details that matter. We're in a time right now that a lot of details don't matter. And it's, just, it's a pretty sad state of affairs where we are right now. Indignation. It's not that we aren't rising up in Christ. 
It's not that we aren't, as a nation, starting to awaken. We're seeing a lot more of that. But we're still missing the human connection and the accountability. I think that if we got back to a place where we sat before each other, shared our conversations, broke bread, either actually or spiritually, I think you would see a lot less problems and a lot more God would show up because you have to have that in order to talk. I don't think you'd see as much of this nonsense of transgenderism or anything else because you'd be honest and you'd say things that might get people's back up. And let me tell you, when, when mom, when a mom steps in, the role of the mom, it's powerful, especially when they step into the role of rather than trying to be, you know, allow her children to do what she does or whatever, and a mom steps in and says, no, this is not going to happen, or no, this is you're wrong about something. There's wisdom there that every family tends to listen to the mom more than the dad, just saying. And you can argue that with me all day long, but dads are the hammer, but they're also the ones that like to have fun. But moms, when moms speak firmly in a good family, it's like if you ever if you ever remember that commercial, that's why I'm laughing. When E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. I don't even know who E.F. Hutton is. Some investment dude, I guess. But my point being that when mom speaks, like people listen. And that's the old world coming up. But unfortunately, we've got to a place right now where the kids grow to a place of taking their place. And we step up in adults, and then our parents are cast aside. We don't value the elder generation. And we think we can all do it our way. We don't listen to the wisdom of raising kids. And this is part of the reason we're in such a mess right now. Because we've we've outcasted the wisdom class. And that's, as you know, that's the way I refer to people that are older. There's a wisdom there. And we outcast it. We just like, oh, you're done. Go to your retirement home. Um, mom and dad have their own. And we like to brag as a culture. I'm not using me. But we like to brag. And I'm not accusing anybody. But as a culture, we take that place of like, oh, yeah, my mom and dad just moved into a retirement home. Oh, yeah, my mom and dad have a place they got on their own, and now they're out traveling in the world in a trailer, whatever. But the idea of mom and dad coming and living next door or living with us, you're going to hear this. Oh, we've got mom here living with us now, and it's like, oh, my goodness, is it difficult. Why did we get there? How, how do we get to the place where when mom and dad come nearby, we suddenly become irritated? We feel our space is invaded. We don't. We want to tell the negative stories. And for the most part, it doesn't happen everywhere, but we tell the negative stories. And so much of this is us shaping a world by our own words. But words have the power of life and death. And we don't celebrate it. And we should, because the wisdom that our parents carry is enormous. So tonight, like I was saying, Jared called me and he's like, hey, dude, we're on the way. And they came over and I had the grill lit up when they got here and the burgers were ready and we sat down and we had, we spent an hour or so, but it was a great hour. We talked about what they did down in Glad Tidings Church a bit. We talked about Jesus. Their kids are here and they're running around the property. Everything's normal, like all systems normal. And they're great parents. And they have a ranch. And so their kids are used to being outside. So it's really native. They're not being cooped up. They do things. 
and it was just a great conversation. And we, it's, it's an hour we squeezed in because I have the show here and they've got to get back. But it was an hour. And to do that, Jared had to drive his family 20 minutes from the freeway to get here. But see, that's the value because it's more important to sit and talk than to worry if we're going to get home 20 minutes earlier or an hour earlier. And that value of conversation is, is very high. And when we put that value in conversation, we start to build relationships. I know a lot of people. I have known Jared for a very short amount of time. And yet it was Jared who offered to go up and get the walk-in freezer for me or with me when I bought that. He's there. We're going this Saturday. Jared's jumping with me. We're going to go up and get cattle. This is how, when we're starting to work within the body of Christ, these relationships become great. We start to share experiences. And as we start to value those experiences, we start to gain wisdom. And it's just something that we, we pass over so quickly in our society. And I think really, when we really talk about things so heavily, about resetting this nation, getting our country back, resetting the Constitution, if we look at the, our founding documents, the Declaration of Independence is obviously the founding, the most important founding document, in my opinion. But what do we know about the Declaration of Independence and why it is so important in the principles of how this country was shaped and, what, and where everything we're talking about tonight is so critical? There's 50 names on the bottom of that. Signed. Every one of those people was having a debate with each other and talking to each other to help build that document. There was an impassioned discussion going on on setting up a new nation. And it wasn't done by mail. It wasn't done by some sort of form of, you know, wire transfer. They didn't have it. It wasn't done by text. It wasn't done by video digital conferencing. It was done by sitting across from each other, working together side by side, having dinner together, drinking an ale together or not, debating aggressively with one another, expressing your, your passion and your compassion because people were focused on the love of a nation and building something right. Not everybody agreed. And the difficult conversations were had, and yet these people, we swear our lives and our sacred fortunes. We swear our lives and our honor and our, our, our fortunes. And our sacred honor. I mean, they, they sacrificed everything for this nation. And they did, all of them. And they were impassioned men. And they talked openly. That sort of thing we have to revive again. And it begins at the kitchen table. That's where I'm leading with all this. It begins at the table. It begins with making a breakfast. It begins with having coffee ready all the time. These are things I do, and I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you I've always done because that's how I was raised. So you always have something on hand if somebody's going to stop by. If you don't have it, you're always ready to throw together something in case they do. If you've got kids coming by, hopefully you've got cookies or you've got some power bars or you've got some fruit or something, nuts, and if you don't have that, then you're ready to quickly throw some stuff together and pop it in the oven and get it done. All of these things are a process of us valuing an engagement and the relationships we have. 
far beyond the digital space. And the most amazing thing about it is once we get to that place, digital media actually takes on a role of helping build important details of the relationship or dealing with the aspects of like, hey, are you going to come to the party? Are you going to come? Are you, are, are you available? I can swing over. These, these are the details. But the real substance of the conversation happens face to face. And we don't rely on that other part so much. And the more that we start to relearn the power of face-to-face conversation, that phone becomes a colossal weight in our back pocket. And it just becomes a brick more and more. And we start to see all those additional features that we don't need. And we start to get back to basics. So I'm going to leave you all with a challenge. If you're coming to Bards Fest in particular and you're driving, this is my challenge to you, but it's a challenge on your daily basis. And believe it or not, even though this is not directly about communicating with people, it does change a lot. Here's my challenge. Stop using your GPS on your phone. And when you're driving, put your phone in a Faraday bag and throw it on the floor. Get a map. Start doing things the old way. When you're going to take a trip, don't worry about breaking down on the road and you're not going to have your cell phone. It'll be in your Faraday bag anyway. Throw it somewhere in the back of the car. Start paying attention to what's around you. Start using a map. Start paying attention to where the service stations are. Start paying attention, paying more time and attention to your car. When you leave on a trip, do the thing we're all supposed to be doing. Whether it's going across town or whether it's going out, make sure your tire pressure is up. Check your oil. Check your water. Listen to your car. Put the phone down. Get the map out. Look at the physical map. See where it's at. Make a route plan. See, these are things we did natively before. And why do I do that? Because we're literally engaging in the world. And we become, as we separate ourselves from the dependency on the phone and, the, and this digital appliance, we start to engage our world more fully. Our senses start to awaken again. And our desires to engage one another increase. Take time to talk to people. Take time to swing in and visit. Call somebody and say, hey, I'd like to swing by and have tea. If they say no, that's fine. But next time they might say yes. Take time to connect. Someone asked me, a good person here locally, and it's putting together a nice list of connectivity. And they were asking me some ideas on putting together a list for people to connect in times of emergency or in need. And what I said was, make sure you have a name, a first, a primary, and a secondary number if they have it, an email address, possibly a social media account if they want to communicate. But most importantly of all of that, have an address where they live. Because if things get bad or stupid, you need to know where to go to check on them. And then start working to get together and sit down and having coffee. I found this the other day because a couple of people wanted to have coffee with me and I didn't really have time for that. But instead of the coffee, we just sat and talked for about 30, 35 minutes. We just stood next to our vehicles and talked. And that was awesome. But really go back to the fundamentals because as we get back to truly caring about one another and talking to one another and sitting face to face with one another and valuing one another for what we truly are, 
we are re-engaging the way God intended us to. We are reigniting a connection that's far beyond the physical, and we start to knit into the body of Christ, and we start to engage with one another as Jesus needs us to do. And that's really one of the most powerful things we can do in resetting this nation. We lead by example, and we can transform this world. This is a great comment. It was just put up. I wish I miss the days when a phone call was a family event. Well, let's re-energize the days when a phone call is a family event. All these things we can choose to do, but it deals with getting rid of the convenience and the immediate and going back to the principles of how we live. You know, it's amazing when you think about the trips we took. And I'm, by the way, I'll have my cell phone in my Faraday bag and I'll be carrying some other stuff. But my, my trip out to Barsfest is going to be completely roadmaps, no GPS. Not that it's a big deal. I've done it a hundred times in my life, that route. But it's the point is the piece of it. I don't want something yakking at me. I don't want, to, I don't want a Bluetooth headset on my head all the trip. I'll have some of it because I have some work to do. But I want to be able to experience the world and see the road and not have to be looking up at a GPS all the time and pay attention to signage and start driving well. See, that's the key. And we start getting back to that sharpness and that thinking and the desire to have real contact, not digital contact. And I do mean what I'm saying because if we become dependent on the digital world, we also become part of a digital interaction that we see as normal, whether you realize it or not. It's completely abnormal. We assume that every single time somebody texts us with that text account and that name that we're talking to that person. And while it's interesting that we can engage with people we may not have known before, the fact is the normal things that we would have engaged with them in the past, which would have been a letter or an introduction, maybe an introduction by phone, but then it would have been followed up by a letter. You have the handwriting and you have the the aspect of how the envelope was, was and how they folded the letter and all these little details that tell you so much about the person. Today, we've got a text. And because the text, because we have a name, we immediately just say we know them. We don't know anything about them. And there's no communication. There's no body language. There's no nothing. When we get back to that core of being with somebody and encountering somebody, we are now stepping back into a world of the ancient paths where truly we are part of one. We are accountable to each other. And it's there that we really get to the root of how to restore this nation. So take some time, slow the roll, sit down with some folks, have a cup of coffee, and just open the doors and let Jesus flow. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you tonight for just a very relaxed and good conversation just about the many things in our world that are not that complicated, but we sure do make them that way. And so much of what we are facing right now, Lord, is just the idea of just getting back to basics, the basics of respecting one another, the basics of loving our neighbor, the basics of taking care of one another. But it's so hard to do when we live in a world where everything is done by digital and we don't have people's real name or we don't have people's address. Or we don't, and this, this idealisms that we live in now that we have to protect ourselves from ourselves. Father, this prayer tonight is just simply the tearing down of walls, 
just starting to break outside of this dependency on digital communications, using the digital communications for what they are, but never disvaluing or minimizing the importance of face-to-face, a contact, a face, a real being to talk to. So, Father, our prayers tonight are just a blessing to seek that out. As we seek out your face, to seek out the presence of another, to have a, a conversation and to learn to communicate well again. To put aside the brick of a, that we call a phone and return to that beautiful experience of having a conversation with someone else in the kingdom, one another one of your children. So, Father, thank you. And we're humbled, but in this is just a, such a big deal and just that we fundamentally get back to basics. Guide us, protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So just have, just take that time. Wherever you're at, take that time. And I think, you know, in some of everything today, that was the one thing that really struck me today. My, my dad's 86, my mom's 86 now. They like to tease the fact that for a few months they're the same age. And I enjoyed this day. These are, we didn't do any big celebration. We just had breakfast and we just talked about things and shared our lives. And we reflected on a few stories from the past. And we, but we're present with each other. And what I know is that won't be forever. There's a point when I will have to say goodbye to my parents. And that, I don't know when that is. But I know that today, like the many days that we've spent, I will be so happy that I had those days. So happy that we've had time to talk and the stories that are shared and the memories that are shared. Real easy as us, as we look at our parents to kind of get frustrated. Sometimes it's the same story, maybe it's a pattern that you've had to deal with your whole life. But when you really think about it, it's such value and so, such cherished ways of things that we learn by the stories they tell. And it only happens if you sit down and do it. It enriches us, it strengthens us, and in the end, we're given something greater in the wisdom of exchange. It's not tangible. It's not something that you can hold. It's say here and go, um, items number six on the A underneath the list. But it is truly part of what God gave us. A chance to share. A chance to experience life through another set of eyes. A chance to learn to see the world differently through another and be tempered a bit. And it gives us things to lean back on in wisdom and memory and in self-reflection, ways to improve. We got to get back to the basics, man. We got to get back to breaking bread at the table and having coffee with one another. And all this other fast-paced stuff that we tell ourselves that I got to do this or that means nothing. We don't have that chance to talk to one another and just let the Holy Spirit flow through us, guide us, and raise us up. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins.
but we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.
Sometimes it takes all you get to believe that you're all here in the dark. We learn to fight when we fall apart, but we always up to face the start. Out of my mind, like the dark.